apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Any Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. What's up? What's up? This is Robbie McCluskey here with Joe Aguirre, and we are the Following Flames podcast crew. Um, Joe, how are you doing today? I have zero complaints. My pool finally is fixed, and it's running properly for the first time all season. Uh, a, another pipe burst in my pool. Apparently, the plumbing I did was terrible, and my guys came over today running like you had the pool boy stop boy. I did. Yeah. Yeah, three of them, three of them. And you were just eyeing them the entire time on a hot day. I, you know, it's funny that you should say that. I was, I was sitting out back on the on the patio, had the fan on, I was enjoying myself, a delicious cup of coffee. Yeah, I watch contractors when they work at my house. I don't know. And every how they, now and then, they're uh, like looking over their shoulder, being like, "We're not getting paid enough for this guy to be getting closer every yeah. couple minutes." Sometimes I'll walk over and just kind of check in, like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, or hey, anybody need a drink or nobody ever wants a drink. I just say that just to see what's up. An ice cold lemonade. Yeah. Anybody want an ice cold lemonade? <laughs> yeah. They were all, they were dressed mostly. Todd out. Despite your hardest attempts. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea the anxiety this pool has been causing me all summer. I'm not even joking. Well, it's an in-ground pool, too, so yeah. I assume it's a lot harder to work on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank God none of the problems are underground because if, if that were the problem, it, this would be a, a much bigger issue that we'd be talking about. So I've been lucky, but again, they I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do anything. I'm not talented I feel like, like that. I feel like pools in New Hampshire are a completely different story than like having a pool in a really hot area because you get all the seasons at their fullest. So it could just be a nightmare as far as the water that's in all the pipes and stuff. Maybe you know more about that, but 
that's just as a as a as an outsider not able to own his own pool yet above or below ground that sounds like something that would be a worry to me yeah it's i'm telling you it's it for three months out of the year it doesn't even make sense to have one yeah but it's cool you can say you have an in-ground pool it's a bit of a classy statement it's like i I, drive a mercedes yeah it's all i get out of that statement i have a pool well joe I uh, I don't know how you feel about icebreaker questions. I don't know why, but I come across a lot of people that hate icebreakers. I like to consider them campfire questions, and it's a little more fitting for the Following Flames podcast for them to yeah. be referred to as campfire questions. But I've got a campfire question for you if you want it. Do it. Cool. Okay, so here's the situation. You've got to follow a band across country, and you've got to fund your uh, trip by selling one type of food out of the trunk of your car or van. Very, very kind of like hippie frugal style. What is the band you would follow and what is the type of food you would sell to fund the trip? Wow. All right. Um, The band that I would follow would be Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Great. And the food that I would sell would be what something old people need. Um, let's say some sort of high fiber cupcakes. Okay, you're coming at it from a very different <laughs> angle than I would. You're, you're that, that that's a very adult answer. You're considering the age demographic as well yeah. as like their dietary is. concerns. <laughs> What's what's your food. band? What's your band in product? So it's it's kind of a close tie between Pearl Jam or the Foo Fighters, just because they have such a huge catalog that they wouldn't get old. They're also just they seem like awesome guys live. Foo Fighters, it's tough because they just lost Taylor. Uh, oh God, what uh, Taylor Hawkins? Yeah, they just lost Taylor Hawkins. Unfortunately, I did get to see Foo Fighters once live though, which was incredible. Even though I got taken to the emergency room at Fenway Park but different story I was really well okay really quickly I was really early in my uh after I broke my neck so I was like learning to walk again which is actually I actually had that on a shirt because there's a lyric from a Foo Fighters song that's like learning to walk again so I was going all over Boston and I was too cheap to buy a cab so I spent five dollars on a Charlie card to go through the subway which pretty much made it like a two mile walk in the end on a really hot day with a broken uh, like wearing neck. jeans yeah nice broken neck yeah I, was, I had like a walk or two i was just i was like an like an like an 80 year old granny essentially like doing everything she can to get to her hair appointment but um yeah so i ended up getting there and then by the time they were doing all their sets and stuff it was also the year when dave grohl was sitting on a throne made of guitars because he fell off a stage at a previous show and broke his leg i just overheated and was like passing out in the crowd so they took me to the emergency room, which was uh, kind of sucked, but I had free tickets, so it could have been worse. Yeah. But um, yeah, so a tie between Pearl Jam and the Foo Fighters and the food that I would sell, I was thinking less about the age demographic and their dietary concerns and more about like people with the munchies. So I was thinking just grilled cheese sandwiches, you know, hook up a really tiny griddle, three ingredients or something like butter, white bread, cheese, American cheese slices, maybe a little garlic powder to add that. You know, just add a little class to it after a nice after a nice concert. I feel like a lot of people would love those. You can probably sell them for two bucks each, make like a bunch of money off of like thirty dollars worth of materials and sell it for like probably a two, three hundred percent markup. 
Well, that was first my of idea. all, I think you're undercutting yourself at two dollars. I think you could definitely get a five spot on those sandwiches. I'm just a man serving food out of my trunk in a parking lot, man. I don't want to. I don't want to make people too skeptical. I think if we're angling on stoners, though, I'm probably going to load up on Reese's peanut butter cups because I don't know anybody that's going to turn a Reese's peanut butter cup down. Yeah, but I feel like if somebody was offering like a kid Reese's peanut butter cups out of the trunk of their car. I feel like parents this guy's got grilled cheese. He's like making them yeah. it's more, uh, as opposed to maybe like how you or I look being like, hey, kid, I had a listener. We got, we got music. Robbie, taste. Do you want a candy? I had a listener who used to make me homemade fudge a couple times oh, a year. And it was outstanding. And after a year of just constantly bringing me this fudge, he says, hey, last night I made a delicious stir fry. I'm bringing a plate by the radio station for you. And he comes to the radio station. And he's got this plate of stir fry on a styrofoam plate with like a Reynolds wrap over it. And he handed it to me. He's like, enjoy. You're going to love this. And he turned around the walk away. And as I turned to my right, I dropped the plate right into a garbage can. Now, I'm sure his stir fry was delicious. But do you understand the difference here? I'm willing to eat this guy's fudge. I'd eat some cookies. Isolate that audio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Mark mark that time down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to be the promo. Ten so, minutes, got it. <laughs> I would eat. I guess here's the thing. I'm willing to die eating fudge or cookies. I feel like if he poisoned me with the stir fry and I ate it, people would be like, what a loser. You ate the stir fry? That looked right to you? A styrofoam plate guy? Just, hey, eat this. And you were like, okay. So I didn't do it. I think that would be worthy of an inside edition article, though. <laughs> like inside edition wouldn't be like man eats poisoned fudge because I mean, even when I was in middle school, some girl got like food or got poisoned because somebody brought in brownies that they made with laxatives. So <laughs> like obviously you can slip a lot of things into brownies and people are like, ooh, baked goods. But if somebody brings in a stir fry, a stir fry and that's crazy enough as it is. It's like, oh, I'm going to make somebody a stir fry and bring it to them. And then the person accepts it and eats it. Welcome to Inside Edition, baby. Yeah, I'm right. I'm 100%. I understand getting getting poisoned or the laxative joke on cookies or brownies or a pie, right? A stir fry. You know what I mean? That's a little, I don't know. That just felt a little too personal. I mean, you're shitting your brains out if it's a bad stir fry anyway. Sure. <laughs> that actually reminds loose. me. We're bringing back a lot of memories of when I was earlier in my broken neck phase. I was actually in a rehab hospital and I was so bored because I was like three months in. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to make deviled eggs for everybody. And deviled eggs, eggs in general, are a very love or hate kind of food which always surprised me i don't think deviled eggs are like licorice but a lot of people are like no i hate eggs i hate deviled eggs i and love like, deviled eggs are my favorite yeah. probably one of my favorite things if i go to a cookout or a barbecue and somebody has made deviled eggs it's like oh great they even put the paprika on top uh the paprika is the the difference maker i've been to parties where i've been told you can't eat all of these because mm -hmm. i'll just stand by the table and i'll just start eating all of them and i don't I don't care about anybody else. Yeah, I usually after like my fifth deviled egg at a party, I just start to like 
slowly grab them and look around while I'm doing it because I feel like I'm taking my more than my share. But then again, if I'm going to a barbecue or something or a cookout, I'll usually bring deviled eggs because more likely than not, everyone has brought double of everything else as opposed to deviled eggs. I have yet to go to a party where everyone's like, oh, I assumed everyone was making everything but deviled eggs and we just have a giant party pl- party Imagine. table full of deviled eggs. That would be Only my, in my favorite. That would be my favorite party foul of all time if everybody showed up with deviled eggs. That scene in like The Wolf of Wall Street where Leo's getting like getting laid on a bed of money. I would like that, but just a bed of deviled eggs. <laughs> my mother-in-law, big big deviled egg maker, and as soon as I get over her house before the big family parties or whatever, I will help myself to a few. And when they the- finally put the deviled eggs out. You know, inevitably, it's like, Joe, did you eat these? And I'm like, no. And there's paprika all in my beard and stuff. Your mouth smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> it's like, nope, totally. Just deny, deny. I'm addicted to away, those boys. I, I swear to God, I'll clean a plate of deviled eggs. Well, you can also justify them as a more healthy option than a lot of other stuff there. So it's just like, oh, yeah, it's it's eggs with what? brown mustard or like spicy brown mustard or a little vinegar it's like there's not really there's no sugar well actually i don't really like when people bring desserts to a cookout because usually by the time i'm done eating all the other food i'm just like uh sweets but yeah it's it's you know protein low calorie a lot of the time depending on how many you eat let's just say it's difficult to make it a high calorie meal yeah so yeah i know deviled eggs are awesome now, somebody selling deviled eggs out of the back of their car at a concert to fund their travels, that would be kind of weird. I would not trust that just because of all the perishable ingredients included in that. I would want to see what kind of storage was being used prior to my purchasing said deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. Do we got a cooler or is this just a plate in your car? Yeah, is like the AC keeping them <laughs> keeping them preserved. Yeah, that's that's when I lose trust. What are other foods that you wouldn't accept? Well, I mean, based on how I was raised, I probably wouldn't ex- accept most foods out of the back of somebody's car. But but if you were to, as a general rule, which mm-hmm. ones wouldn't you take? Again, I feel like anything that, that involves a lot of the hands as you're yep. making said item. Anything with like moisture or liquids would throw me off. I don't know why, but yeah, anything wet, any any wettish kind of food. I don't know. I don't know what that wet is. I can't be certain. Yeah, if I if if the food you're handing me has the potential to be dripping, then I probably don't want to accept it. Right. Unless it's like a Klondike bar, because you know those things are awesome and they always get really soft really quickly. I just had Klondike bars the other day. I've been on a sugar kick like. Actually, it's amazing that you mentioned uh, your friend making you chocolate or bringing you fudge um, and you your willingness to eat that man's fudge. But I had just like the biggest sugar cravings for the past couple of days and like they were like debilitating. So I got like a big box of Nutty Buddies that I've just been munching on as well as like some Klondike bars. And it got to the point where yesterday I I took a bite out of a Nutty Buddy and I was just I was like, okay, I've overindulged on sugar. I have no interest in this anymore. And then on the door, on the front door, knocks my sister, who got back from traveling around Europe for a little bit. She was like, the first thing I'm going to do is go to Robbie and not even test myself coming back from Europe. So uh, I was like, yeah, come on in. And she has just two giant bars of really nice chocolate. 
and I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is like this is like me craving a new car, so I buy like 20 Honda Civics, <laughs> and then somebody is like, hey, you want this Ferrari? And I'm just like, eh, nah, I'm done with wanting new cars. Yeah, I've had enough uh, of that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've got, I'm, I still, I'm just looking at them like, oh god, these look so good but so bad at the same time. It's actually called Leonidas chocolate, and it's almost like those it's kind of boxed in a way that you feel bad about opening it because it just looks so pristine almost like lint chocolate too i'll probably have another craving tomorrow and jump right into these because ooh 70 percent cacao have i told you about my white suburban male trail mix no it consists of a box of snow caps a bag of peanut m&ms some cashews whole whole cashews and flavored almonds. Okay, so it's not just various candies. It's that. It's exactly that. It's two nuts and two candies. I feel like they balance each other off. I don't think I've ever eaten snow caps. Oh, really? Snow caps? I've... You know what those are? They look like Isn't little... it just like chocolate with like little white non-pareil things or like yeah. those little Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm convinced that's crack on top of there because I, those things are, you got to just eat them all in one handful. Well, what part of Connecticut are you buying them from? Because it could be crack. Maybe it is. I love snow caps. Snow caps are one of my, that's my movie candy of choice. That's something that like media should focus on around Halloween. It's not like people are putting razor blades in your candy. It's like your candy is covered in crack. Yeah. I'm telling you, if they were to, if they were to announce that's crack on there, I would still eat that. These do, honestly, they, okay, so I think the reason I've never been really all that interested in them is because the box kind of just isn't appealing, but they look good. They almost look like, kind of like those chocolate-covered animal crackers without the, like, the cracker part in them. Tell you right now, you put three or four of those in your mouth, give it like 10 seconds, and then bite down, and then you'll take the box, you'll lift it up to your mouth, and you'll pour the entire rest of the box down your gullet. Oh, they got that, they got that junior mint effect? I'm telling you, dude, snow caps. Get yourself some snow caps and we'll talk about it. It'll this, it'll change your life. It looks like a theater type candy, like a theater box candy. Yep. Now, I also love non-parels, like the bigger rounder candy, the bigger version of that, also mm -hmm. covered in the little the little sugar dots. Those are also delicious. Some people don't like those, and I've I've seen it where there's been bad chocolate associated with those non-parels but snow caps are fantastic it's a delicious mm -hmm. chocolate i just had a box last night these do look delicious yeah god i'm willing to hang you... my reputation on snow caps you know what i'd like to find i'd like to find somebody who's willing to hang their reputation on neko wafers no nobody would do that that'd be a crazy move there's gonna be one person out there who's that's not a... in jail for being a serial killer right that's a solid candy that's a theater candy for sure neko wafers what, neko wafers are you are you defending them i'm not defending them i'm just explaining their place in society <laughs> i don't think you could pay me to have neko wafers my well, brother, my brother uh, liked so Necco terrible. wafers, but my brother was always the guy that liked like score bars and things no one else wanted. Score bars? Yeah. You remember score never, bars? Oh, no. look that looking up. it up. Okay. My brother was crazy. It's like I think it's a caramel inside. Like oh hard... yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Now that yeah. I've seen, yeah, S K O R. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I never. I never. I, again, I I always feel like my brother chose things that he knew I wouldn't like. 
like even if he didn't enjoy it, just knowing I couldn't take one of those things would have been enough pleasure for him to do it. My parents did that whenever they were shopping for Christmas gifts for me. They'd just be like, oh, he'll hate this. We can return it and get our money back. <laughs> it's like he he gave us a list of literally two things, the only things that would make his Christmas a good one. We're like, eh. So my birthdays we'll pass, pass on those. My birthday's in June. Christmas is in December, 29th, 25th of the dates. Generally, whatever I wanted for my birthday, it would be expensive. But by Christmas, it would be cheap. And so I would never get what I wanted when I wanted it. But I would always get it six months later when it was half price. Uh, it was a better deal to be had. And then I would get it. But it would be either at the next juncture, the next holiday for me. It was a, an interesting process. I never did without. I just had to wait. Could you imagine having a kid who's obsessed with Christmas all year round and all the gifts on his Christmas list are just like, christmas related stuff so the parents can't wait until after the holidays to get him gifts <laughs> they just always have to pay full price my daughter's a christmas baby and you were telling me that yeah wait, wasn't it december 26th no it was almost she was born nine minutes before uh the 26th oh, yeah. i was afraid yep, I it was going to be the 20 i thought that would be even worse but there's family members that only buy her one present and then the card they write merry christmas and happy birthday Oh, those are the worst. That's not right. No, especially for a child. I mean, that could be a little disheartening Sharing for a, a kid. birthday with Jesus is rough. Yeah, big shoes to fill, big yep. big Birkenstocks to fill. That is true. Yep. But, you know, I I haven't really thought much about Christmas or, like, thought all that highly of it ever since last week when I discovered Santa wasn't real, so. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, no, and it sucks because i got to wait three months to get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> It's really ruined my last week. We shouldn't have talked about our most disappointing experiences. I've just been thinking about them. I know. If, I know what our if we do that show over again, what what your number one answer is going to be to win that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Referencing a previous episode that's going to be great advertising for someone who hears that <laughs> here, who starts listening on that episode. One of my greatest disappointments was one of our earlier episodes. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Sorry about that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I forgot you're from the great north. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much raised making the toys for the rest of the kids in the world. <laughs> I mean, I got weird shaped ears. They're not pointy at the top, but I'm, I'm half elf. Actually, if you see my sister, you'd believe she's full elf because I'm pretty sure she's under the legal limit for not a midge. Oh, no kidding. Or a little person. No, yeah, she's very tiny. I was going to have it as one of my biggest disappointments, but uh, I... I can't confirm that I'm adopted, but I'm easily like six inches taller than everyone else in my family. And like everyone says, I look like my mom or dad. And I'm just like, I don't see it mainly because I have to look really far down to even start to compare next to them. But yeah, like people have to stand back to get a, just to get me in frame when we're taking family pictures. So I don't know what recessive gene I've got that just popped back up, but my sister's like four eleven and three years older than me. And I topped out at six feet. So it's nice. It's nice to like use her as an armrest every now and then. My brother, my sister and I were 15 months apart. Same face, same beautiful green eyes, same hair, same beards, same stocky frame. Your my sister younger, too? Yes. Uh, same my, beard. Yeah. My younger brother is like six feet tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, thin as a rail. Damn. Is yeah. anyone else in your family like that? No. Huh. No. 
he does bear it on striking uh, a striking has a I'm sorry he bears a striking resemblance to my cousin Jeff my mother's brother's son but it's weird he doesn't look like even like anything like us that's interesting uh one of my uncles who hasn't really come my mom doesn't let him come by anymore because he always said I looked like the milkman that we used to have but... <laughs> I never met the man so I wasn't able to wasn't able to compare maybe someday Maybe what someday would you I'll do meet. if you found out that one of your parents wasn't your act? Well, I would have, obviously wouldn't be your mom. What'd you do if you found out like your dad, like your mom's like, I was three weeks pregnant when I met your dad. And he just raised you. Would that shatter your world or would you not care? I feel like a scumbag for saying this, but I'd probably think what are the financial possibilities because of this? But I don't know. I mean, I'd probably just. I like that you're assuming your mom only would have gave it up before your dad to some millionaire playboy just sort of passing through down with an indecent proposal. <laughs> well, no, I mean, a uh, millionaire playboy would have would have probably ditched me and had an NDA in place. And then, like, <laughs> but this is 2022. You know what I'd do? I'd probably find the man and I'd set up like a candid camera or like hidden camera crew in a bush and just like buzz into his the mansion gate or something be like hey man i'm uh i'm your son try and get it all on camera i don't know as far as well everybody says viral. i look like macaulay culkin so maybe it would be a millionaire right imagine how old is culkin nowadays because this he's, could get really this could get really redneck i know right macaulay he's gotta be what mid 40s i'm guessing i don't know Low um, 40s. he's gotta be 40 was, at least Born in 1980. He's 42. Amazing. Oh, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, oh, I always thought he was a lot closer to my age, but maybe not. Hmm. No, he was, Um, yeah. I, he's seven years younger than me. No, five years younger than me. Yeah. So if he was my dad, he would have to be, he would have had to have been 14. He was a child actor based on how they treated them. It's not yeah. entirely I, impossible. I think he had a cocaine thing going on at 14, so it's certainly possible. You know, it, I mean, who doesn't have a cocaine thing going on at 14? You just reminded me of something crazy I saw yesterday. 14-year-old doing cocaine? Almost. You ever watch the Jetsons cartoon? Yeah, well, not not a ton because it was way before but my time. But like, watched George... it on, Yeah, watched it on Boomerang, of course. Okay, so meet George Jetson, right? His mm -hmm. wife, uh, Jane. So now in, in 2062. Little boy, was it Elroy? Elroy, yep. And daughter, Judy. George in, in 2062 is 40 years old. Jane is 32. Do you know how old Jane, uh, the daughter Judy is? 26. She's 16. Do the math. The mother's 32. She's 16. How old was Jane when she had Judy Jetson? 16. And George was 24. Interest. Well, I mean, you know, depending on where they're at in America, it's not a big problem. You would think in or, 2062 we'd be a little less conservative by then, but apparently in the future, child brides is still a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, also in the future, we probably have more successful age reversal remedies. So yeah. maybe they, they were just visually that age. Or it could be like that movie, uh, what is it, uh, In Time, where they just stop aging at a certain point. I just find it super interesting that, I mean, what is this show from like the 1950s or 60s? Hanna-Barbera came out with that stuff. I just think that's bizarre, dude. They could have made her any age they wanted to, and they made her 16 when she had her daughter. They were probably uh, creating that show 
and then they saw Dumbo and Pinocchio and they were like, okay, well, you know, this isn't that bad. They're just like, we're not, we're not literally getting kids drunk and giving them cigars and well, turning them into donkeys. I think this is the more important question is where was George Jetson hanging out in that he met this 16 year old girl? I don't know. Nope. There's no backstory on that. I'm just curious now. We need a, a live action backstory on George Jetson. That's just a terrible drama. Acted by Jared Leto. Yeah, dude, that's crazy, right? George Jensen. George Jensen. Underage girl. Yeah, man, who knew? An American icon who's done bad things to young women. That's not the president in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Or just a massive Hollywood icon as well. But who knows? Yeah, big time Hollywood producer. He's on his way. So speaking of uh, things that were huge in the past. I went to the mall for the first time in like six years the other day because I was trying to shop on Amazon, but they didn't have the sea salt spray that I needed to get the flow in my hair. So I had to go over to Ulta. So I walk in and it was very similar to like the beginning of a horror movie where they're in a town. People are in a town that's pretty much abandoned and you're like, eh, this, this has weird feels to it, man. But there's locals there and they seem a little out of touch with reality and everyone walking around just seems unhappy or almost just like an NPC that's just placed there. So I'm just like, oh, this is, I don't know what's more uncomfortable walking through a mall in 2022 or going to Walmart. It was very odd. And then I go into Ulta and obviously I'm just like a dude, like I was, I was looking like a homeless person there because I didn't care. I was like pretty much wearing my pajamas going in there and I'm like walking around this place and I shit you not, I went to like the hair care stuff, like the hairspray or the sea salt spray or whatever. And I'm like looking around for a while and I don't find what I'm looking for. And then I realized that they just have a tiny little men's section, which is essentially the same size as like the condom section in a uh, in like a CVS. The entire place is dedicated to female products. Oh, my God. And then there's like a little like condom section for men, essentially. And I'm just like, oh, sweet. Like, I didn't mind it. I was just like, how much stuff do women need? Like, I don't know if it's just that they're convinced that they need to have all those products and beauty products or that there's actually like, like they need to treat their hair differently and stuff. I was just like, my God, how much, how many options? This must be so overwhelming. And I was just overwhelmed by like three shelves tall and three feet wide. I Women have it tough, apparently, because they do. Oh, apparently. You know. I, yeah, no, they've they've got it tough relatively uh, out in the open. Do you but. know I only started using conditioner in the last year and a half? Well, your hair used to be short as well. Yeah. So sometimes I would just wash my head with soap. I didn't even bother putting any because my hair is always short. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that there's different shampoos and conditioners for wavy or bouncy or curly. I didn't know that. I'm learning high moisture. Now. Yeah, that's dry horrible. hair. I always, my wife is 43, no wrinkles on her face. And I'm like, I like that you're not all old and wrinkly looking. And she was like, because I've been putting moisturizer on my face every day since I was 16. I take care of my skin. And I thought, I don't do that. I've never put moisture on my face ever. Me neither. Actually, the only thing I do use is like Nivea aftershave. And that's mostly just because I like the way it makes my face smell. Yeah. Yeah. I use a little Gillette little Gillette aftershave, but I said, but then again, you've got a much more impressive beard. So I imagine that would be a total pain in the ass. If it did get like, if you didn't treat it well, yeah, that stuff gets itchy. 
Like, oh really, God! Well, yeah, dude. You know, it's funny. I was, I was, uh, I actually just had like a a beard itch the other day. I was like, oh, do one of these, and my daughter was like, "Why are you itching your beard?" And I was like, "Cause it's a, it's a beard. It's supposed to be." But it's been weird. It's you know, you 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 do it up nice, and uh, it's a lot of work. But I got the time. I feel like a great parent way to explain that to their daughter would be like, "How old's your daughter? Which one? What, the daughter that asked this? Nine. Yeah, I'd be like. You know all the girl, all the problems that like girls have at pretty much every age. Well, this is kind of a guy's version of that. <laughs> we, get a, we get a scratchy face every now and then. Yeah, it's a bummer. Mine usually comes if it gets itchy, just like at night, right before I'm going to bed. So I usually just have to get up and shave my entire face and try to fall asleep after that. But luckily, I don't have much. Of, well, I got a little bit of a goatee mainly because this might sound crazy, but I started like. I created a new character in a game called Fallout, which is like a post-apocalyptic, like post-nuclear disaster game. And I was like trying to make my character look as similar to me. And I was going through the facial hair and the hair options. And I was like, I need photo reference so I don't keep guessing on myself or like looking in my camera. So I just went and like tried to shave the exact look that I was going for. And then I like took like full 360 pictures. So I was just like, okay, you know, that's dedication. the, the nose is a little farther in on the screen. Let's pull that back a little bit, make the nostrils a little bit wider. Eyes are a little close. And I ah, know it's all messed up. Okay, let's start over. Yeah, so now I look like uh, it's also for the immersion. Um, I'm just starting to realize how sad my life is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good admission. I mean, you must feel better getting that off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> This show is good. This this show is going to put me into the hospital. <laughs> the biggest disappointments followed by next week being like, I'm so sad. I, what am I doing with my life? Oh my god! Speaking of what I'm doing with my life, I uh, went to the dentist for the first time in like four years as well. I'm doing a lot of things I haven't done in a few years. COVID really split the split the the usual self care things right down the middle. My teeth were pretty much perfect, but one thing that just blew my mind up as far as annoyances was. I scheduled the appointment a week before my appointment. Within the next week, I got five texts reminding me that I had an appointment in five days and three emails. And I was wow. just like, no, I get it. I, I made the appointment last week. They must I'm not going to forget it. They must have attendance issues there. Yeah, which is amazing because that's got to be the only like medical profession in the entire country that must have attendance issues at this point. Right. Because everywhere else is like backed up by three years. Yeah, people are just like, yeah, I'm not going to. I'll go. I'll go back in six months. I almost canceled the appointment because of it. I was just like, this is this is annoying as all hell, and I don't like getting texts and emails as it is. I don't know. I feel like an old. Person That's a lot there, for an appointment. That really is. It is. I don't know who's going to that dentist office. You know, it seems like a pretty young crowd. I don't know if the young crowd is that forgetful. Well, maybe not. I don't know. You've got kids. Are they forgetful and not attentive? Yes. All right, most, never mind. That makes sense. Most children are. Not most 28-year-old men. No. Not you don't need eight messages in five days to remind you. Plus the anxiety of knowing you have to go to the dentist. That's got to be weighing heavy on your mind. Yeah. I mean, my teeth were pretty well, I had the appointment, so my teeth are pretty much perfect. I don't know why. Like, I don't take great care of them. Obviously, I brush them, but like it's been four years and I haven't really thought that much about them, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's all just like it's all a scam. Dentistry oh, is a scam. 
I think I told you, I, I usually floss for two weeks before a dental appointment. And they're like, oh, somebody's been flossing. Good job. And I'm like, you know what you're talking. I just started last week. 14 days out, buddy. That's all this is. I do Five it just the day before. Nothing. Five months of nothing. Yeah, they have no idea what they're talking about. It's a scam. Dentistry is a scam. I do it the day before. And then on my way to the dentist, I'll stop and get some Dunkin' Donuts and a coffee. Nice. Yeah, be like, no, no, no. And they'll be like, oh, your teeth are perfect. And I'm like, oh, really? Because you're looking through a cold brew and a glazed donut right now. They have no idea. Yeah, the only thing was that I have like a little bit of a filling that's coming loose. So might have to get that fixed. But honestly, could have been a lot worse. Yeah. As as I always say, could have been a lot worse. That's kind of my motto. Oh, God, that's another sad thing to understand. Good Lord. That is true, though. Welcome to the Depression Podcast. (laughs) Here's all the things that are wrong with me. The show where I put myself down so you can feel better about yourself. People like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm one of them. I've been watching a lot of like movie reviews for terrible movies lately, like Nicolas Cage's catalog, Steven Seagal's catalog. And everyone in those movies is just like, remember... If you ever feel bad about yourself or feel like you're not good at something, just remember that these movies got made. Wow. So true. Yeah. Yeah. That like, is there could so be a true. lot worse. Or The Room. The Room is just the perfect pick-me-up, even though it's impossible to get through because it's, I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good, terrible movie. Of all the yeah. celebrities I've been a fan of my in my life, nobody has gone from as high on the list to as low on the list. Steven Seagal yeah man he have you actually seen anything that he's done recently he doesn't like move at all right there's something wrong with him uh and he's insane dude when when he was doing those movies with Kelly LeBrock who ended up becoming his wife like Mm -hmm. that was it he could have wrote that out for 30 years he he had the world by the balls and you know what he did You know what he did? He tore him off because that's what he does when he grabs balls. He tore him off. Yep. Clean one shot. Like MacGruber ripping out throats. <laughs> did you ever yeah, see dude. that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, he gets that, his whole team together and then blows him up accidentally. I love that character. You know, when SNL does movies, they're they're very hit or miss. And that was a hit. Oh, yeah. It was when it was one I, I had for years been like, dude, they kind of do a movie on Magruder because that's a hilarious bit. It's the same bit every time, too, now. And it's st- that still cracks me up. He's disarming a nuke. He's like, you kidding me? There's like a hundred wires here. I'm like a three <laughs> wire kind of guy. <laughs> dude, hilarious. Great character based off a of great character. For all the people that hate his movies, Adam Sandler easily has to be the like the biggest movie star from SNL with actually a like decent catalog of movies with a lot of SNL characters in them. Yeah, I I so you're you're forgetting about Steve Martin, who might be oh, yeah, the yeah. only person I think as far as catalog of film. I mean, Sandler's made more money. Steve obviously. Martin just as a person. Yeah, dude, Steve Martin's uh, just an incredible talent. I think he's, to me, he's got to be one on that list. But I would, I'll give you, Sandler's definitely been the most successful thing since the 80s. Well, all right, check that. No, Uh, Eddie Murphy. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, Steve Martin, then Adam Sandler. 
Okay, that's the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's a that's a good SNL Mount, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Eddie Murphy, that super huge megastar. Bam. Yes. Yeah. God, I, I I can't believe I forgot about Steve Martin, and he's one of two wild and crazy guys. You know, and, and, and he's also and, an award award winning bluesgrass musician. Yeah. As well, well multi talented. You know, I was gonna say too, maybe Chevy Chase. But Chevy Chase in the last like 30 years, there's really not much to talk about. Did some yeah. great movies in the 80s. Spies Like Us, if you've never seen it, is arguably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Chevy Chase also is mostly talked about now for just being a dick behind the scenes, which which is so unfortunate, dude. But yeah, his you know, his brand of comedy was always very physical. And he was a drug addict for a long time because uh he because of the physical comedy and but yeah he from everything i've ever heard is a giant douchebag yeah there's been a whole like he pretty much tops every list of worst people to work with a lot of the time well definitely from snl but like him what alec baldwin um that guy from the guy who played indigo montoya unfortunately because god that's that's just ruining a part of my childhood as well knowing that the man who avenged the death of his father that I just, the princess bride is one of my all time favorite movies. And he was like one of my all time favorite characters. And then hearing that he's just kind of, but I think he apologized a lot because he knew he was kind of a hard person to work with, but yeah, that was, that was a little bit of a downer. Um, But yeah, so Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, Adam Sandler, and uh, Bill Murray, Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray definitely has to be up there as well. He's just got Bill Murray. Honestly, a lot of the time, Bill Murray, I think, is similar to what we were talking about last week with Will Ferrell, where um, he gets by in a lot of situations on his reputation and not necessarily on like the script that they're working with. You know, who's on his way, uh, did the Austin Powers with Shrek, Mike Myers. And then I don't oh know. My God, yeah, he did. Um, uh, so I married an axe murderer and that was pretty much the end of it for him. Yeah, he did like a weird, very small role in Inglorious Bastards and then took a really long break. And then he came back with that Netflix show, The Pentaveret, which I hear is really funny. But yeah, Mike Myers is up there. I hear he was also really tough to work with, though, in a lot of situations. Yeah, makes sense. He probably knew he had to take a break once he made The Love Guru, which yeah. was <sighs> The Love Guru. You know, it's funny uh, during during the 80s, they had they had uh, Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, Dennis Miller, Phil John Hartman. Lovitz. All, all the I thought, and all those guys eventually left the show to, to become movie stars, and they all just failed to do anything. I was shocked by that. I figured one or two of them, they were so funny. I thought one or two of them were going to hit, and nobody did. Well, see, I think the thing with a lot of SNL cast members is that they're extremely good complementary pieces to other complementary pieces. So, like, the... What's the saying? Like the sum of the they're like, they're a lot funnier together with them, like with other people. from SNL. Yeah. The sum of all parts is greater than just the one individual, which when it comes to Hollywood and being in movies, it's like that usually means you're going to be a background character or comic relief, which is what a lot of those people ended up being Um, like Lovitz. I mean, you see him in a lot of like Sandler movies or other things just as a secondary character. But I mean, one of my favorite stories regard like related to Lovitz was just Adam Sandler talking about. Uh, I think he was on, it was either Conan or like um, Kimmel or something. But he was talking about when he got when he finally got invited to Carrie Fisher's big celebrity party, 
and he like walked up and then Lovitz is like, well, 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 look who's been accepted in his love it voice in his love it voice. And I can totally picture him almost like when he's in a, uh, I don't know if you've seen grownups too, but he's like checking out like, a uh, the, or was it grownups too? Well, anyway, there was a movie where he's like looking at a hot girl and he's like, I'm having a wonderful time. He is so funny again, dude. I just thought there's gotta be something for, that guy's so funny, dude. When he used to do, um, Oh God. Um, I I can't think of the name of the baby. He would lie. Uh, Mr. Subliminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Subliminal was the other guy. No, he would just, he was a big, he did this whole bit where he just tell he's outraged. He's so funny. His delivery is funny. I thought, dude, there's, this guy's going to be a movie star. I would watch comedies with this guy. He's hilarious. But again, like nothing. It's crazy. I mean, he could be kind of like Jalen Brown on the Celtics. Like you can't really picture him being the number one guy on a team, but he's got a lot of power when he's got other people just slightly ahead of him and they're making a team effort to do stuff. Yeah, Like he's not so. the star, but he's got a very good, he's a very good tool to make a really good situation even better. Phil Hartman was one of the funniest people who ever lived. His wife shot and killed him just before he was going to leave the show to start making movies as well. And him, I feel like it, it would have gone, he was doing a show called news radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, on CBS, that was really funny, but yeah, that was too bad because that guy, uh, he he had star power written all over him. I feel like I've never heard of Phil Hartman, and I don't even recognize him. Looking him up right now. Look up "Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer" and then thank me later. Definitely one of the funniest people ever on it. He did a lot of um, did a lot of impressions too. He was very funny, dude. Who's the guy who did all the like the Al Gore impressions on SNL, who was huge as well, but for some reason he's just you don't hear about him as much anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, Daryl Hammond. He was also, yeah, Daryl Hammond. Yeah, they, he was they really had him for good. Trump yeah, for a while, yeah. so weird, dude. Yeah, right. You like the guy leaves the show and you're like, oh, he must be working on something, and then you never see him again, and you're like, I guess not. Yeah, when they brought in Baldwin as Trump, I was like, why don't they keep Daryl Hammond? He was awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I, I never really liked. They like having big celebrities come on and do impressions. And sometimes the other people are much funnier. There's a guy on SNL now, no name, who does a absolutely killer Trump. Yeah. What was that? Also, the guy who does Biden, too, the guy kind of with the the larger nose um, who they they don't like use him for anything except for impressions. But he's like he could easily be one of the best characters on SNL if he's still there. His Trump is 10 times better than Baldwin's. His Trump sounds like Trump. And even the crazy stuff he says, you can almost see Trump saying it. It, it. He's great. I don't know how we got on SNL, but I like it. I like we were talking about, uh, what are we talking about? Um, Sandler or something. Have you seen That's My Boy? No. Oh, my God. That's got to be Sandler's best movie since, like, his early 2000s and 90s stuff like best comedy easily his son's like the the story is essentially like it starts out uh, adam sandler as a kid but like not played by adam sandler and he ends up banging one of his high school teachers um who's played by susan sarandon's daughter who's absolutely gorgeous and then uh he becomes like a pop culture icon because of this and like this the teacher got pregnant and uh went to jail and had the baby in jail and sandler had to like 
raise him as like a like an 80s pop culture icon but he was a terrible father because he was just a kid so then they jump forward and it's like it's it's andy sandberg's his son who's a total nerd and sandler plays just like a total like a washed up pop culture icon from the 80s and it has some of the best like cameos in it like this movie made me love rex ryan and that's all i'm gonna say about rex ryan in this wow okay but it's it's got it's got Rex Ryan. It's got like vanilla ice. It is just damn funny. Oh, well, now you've given me something to do. Yeah. Check out. That's my boy. I I would be amazed if you were disappointed by it, because it is just it. It really pushes the it really pushes the envelope as far as like it, it, it goes way back to just Adam Sandler's raunchy, no fucks given kind of comedy, as opposed to just like cash grabby comedy Netflix movies. It's very good. Also, when uh they eventually go back to see the the teacher at one point and instead of susan sarandon's daughter it's just susan sarandon playing the grown-up version of it ah so they got susan in there who's one of my celebrity crushes i love susan sarandon she is great total babe god i can't i can't even find the name of the guy who played biden on snl but um i did love all the biden stuff during the oh no not that guy during the election yeah Oh, dude, listen, Biden's a fun person to make fun of. And I don't know if you've seen this latest thing, dude, where uh, it, 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 it I've seen this meme going around. It looks like there are four different people playing the role of Joe Biden currently. And some of them kind of look alike. But when you look at the furthest apart, it's like that's a different person. My wife was like, it's just different angles. And I'm like, that looks like a different person, a different face, different wrinkles, everything. She's like, well, he's got a dot right over here and then right there. And I was like, well, they could just draw that on everybody. This That's is like not... the arrest development Saddam Hussein joke. Right, yeah. They just got a house full of Bidens. How hard would that be? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't give it any credence. It's kind of a conspiracy theory going around, but. I'm willing to at least talk about it. That would probably be one of the easier things for the White House to pull off. Bro, did you see the video where he's like, hey, uh, so let me tell you about this. Uh, And for like four minutes, his eyes are bugging out of his head and he he doesn't blink. Of course, they always talk about it on Fox News and they're just like, let the American people have what he's having. It looks fun. Yeah, I think they're edited, the videos. I think they're jump caught. And I think probably. if you look at it, you can see the jump cut. But that said, it's still weird that every time they're rolling, his eyes are popping out of his head. It's a little weird. He he might legitimately be rolling. Right? <laughs> Which makes his eyes pop out of his head. <laughs> Joe Biden is so old that he got COVID again. Just got it again. You saw that? Yeah. Well, I he that was like three days after he tested negative for the first time as well. Right. I'm am- well, he's the president, but I'm still amazed like him and Trump. I am amazed that COVID didn't wipe them out because they don't look like they're doing all that well. So they yeah. must have had like they must have had like every type of science experiment going on them just to keep them going. Well, and not for nothing, but Donald Trump's not 270 pounds. Right. I mean, that's a that's a heavy guy. You mean Biden's not. No, Trump. Do you think Trump Trump uh, physical? He was uh, like six foot three, two seventy, and it's like, dude, that guy's not two seventy. That guy's at least three ten. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I thought you're okay. Yeah, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Look, physically, Joe Biden's body looks like he's in shape. It's his mind is more or less 
it's definitely a little wandering. I, I, I'll grant that to people. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I got that. But neither of these guys is the picture of health. And you would have thought, again, I would assume being the president, you're getting top care to prevent that. But yeah, that's why we need younger people. Top care from top men. Yeah. Top. Yeah, men. I don't know. Top men. It's like, hey, we're going to try this. Uh, you know, if you die, we'll say it's COVID. If you live, it's science. Yeah, there you go. That's got to be what they're doing. I can't imagine what they have, though. They're probably just like, we'll take all of your blood out and use all of what we have in storage right here because that's cleaner. <laughs> it's probably the whole nine yards. It's like that freaking hospital that they had set up for Gus Fring and uh, Breaking Bad. After yeah, he yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I hate that. My grandpa, actually, I haven't seen him pretty much at all in the past two weeks because he got COVID. Even though we live in the same house, we've just been like, every time I hear him out there, I stay in my room. Every time he hears me out here, which is amazing because he can't hear anything. He uh, stays in his room. Yeah, and he's like not in great shape either, but he's still kicking. Honestly, I think if he didn't get the vaccine, he probably wouldn't be. So that's a bit, that's definitely something to be happy about there. But yeah, it's like the kind of some people that do die from it. It's amazing how inconsistent it's probably also um, with the Omicron variant, which isn't as serious, but like, you know, hearing the demographics of people get wiped out by it. It's amazing that some people just kind of recover as quickly as they do or have no like long term effects because, you know, I've I, I've known people like close to a year of my age who now have like breathing issues or heart issues just because of it. And they didn't get it bad. It was just, you know, earlier on when we didn't know anything about it. Um, it's amazing that you know, some situations aren't as bad. It's almost like it's just it's kind of like luck of the draw, which is interesting, especially when you're dealing with something that you can't see. Freaky stuff. Yeah, it is. I got my CAT scan last week. I haven't heard anything back. So something tells me. I was me. also going to ask, did uh, did have you talked to your mom since last week? I did. And as I told her, it again was just procedural. The lady, my doctor was just like, just might as well send you. Let's make like rule everything out. I was in there for like two minutes. They put me in and then back out. I went and I was on my way. It was quick. It was painless. And I'm assuming a week later, something had come up. They would have probably called me. Well, if it wasn't painless, I would simply assume that you had prison tattoos. <laughs> that always terrifies me because I'm just like, what if there's metal in my body that I don't know about? Right. Oh, my God. Be like, it's going to be like X-Men 2 when Magneto pulls iron out of the security guard's body. Well, it was weird because she was like, close your eyes. And then she was like, I'm going to put these things over your eyes. And I thought, well, is that my eyes being covered or am I supposed to close them? Then I thought, should they be open and covered? Or should I? Cl I, I didn't know what to do. I kind of got a little panicky in there. Are my eyes going to fuck up the CAT scan? Right. Is Does this make it not work if my eyes are like this? I don't know. I didn't know. She's just messing with you. Could be. I She's wouldn't like, know. He, he doesn't know. I'm not even the CAT scan operator. <laughs> I did tell her something like, you know, I've only, because she was like, you had a CAT scan before. I'm like, no, but I've seen this on TV like a million times. Very excited for it. I got an MRI once and I was like laying, I was uh, laying down to get it. Uh, or maybe it was a CAT scan. I can't, actually, it might've been the giant donut. Those are CAT scans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably a CAT scan. And I look up and I'm and the lady's like, Do you have any questions before we start? And I was just like, Is that an Xbox logo? And she was like, Oh yeah, Xbox makes 
the equipment for CAT scans. And I was like, not like Microsoft, not Microsoft, like Xbox. And they're like, no, no, no. Like a lot of the, a lot of our camera technology comes from Xbox. And I was just like, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. God, who knew that? I, I didn't until then. I guess it kind of came from what, like their Xbox, um, like the Connect, which they used for like motion tracking and like their, their like Connect Fit games and stuff like that. Well, wow, that is I guess crazy, they really, huh? They dove right into, yeah, like medical equipment and stuff. I was just amazed that it had the Xbox logo as opposed to like Microsoft or something like that. Sure, because the Xbox logo doesn't make anybody feel good. <laughs> No one's no, looking at the I, Xbox logo like, oh, well, there, Xbox made this. No, I expected the CAT scan machine to just start teabagging me once it got started. I was just like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to find, like, different things that are made, like, or what companies dive into different products. Like, Bic, obviously, they don't make a lot of, like, massive things, but... They go from pens to like shaving razors to the best lighters in the world. It's like, dude, way to go, Bic. Solid. Bic. Solid. Oh, I also wanted to mention that speaking of my grandpa, since we were talking about him having COVID, he has got... So within... So the other day he gave me um, some money to go out and get... Um, actually, God, just it, it hits me now. Like my dad, when he was young, he was like, my dad used to give me money to go out and get him cigarettes or like put a place a bet. And he used to go and buy like milk for the family and like get yelled at because he was doing something better with his dad's money than his dad was. So, um, but my grandpa, like the other day, he gave me some money to go buy a bottle of vodka. And obviously since like, I mean, I'm not my dad. I just went and bought the vodka. Um, but uh, he gave me like too much. And I was like, uh, uh, we were saying that, oh, I'll, I'll get him another bottle in, in a couple of days. And the other day he like came out, he was like, Robbie, you still owe me a bottle of vodka. And I was like, yeah, I know. Do you did you finish the two that we had like the traveler size giant handles of vodka? And he was like, no, we still got them both. But. uh, Still owe me a bottle of vodka. Yeah, I was like, OK, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll get you. I'm not trying to steal your money or anything. And then like a couple days later, he's talking to someone and he's like, who came over. He was like, he was like, uh, did you see an envelope in that thing? Uh, uh, your, uh, your grandmother used to leave uh, envelopes in there with a couple thousand dollars of cash. And I was like, because, you know, old people used to like leave cash because they didn't trust banks and stuff like that. But I was like, this guy misplaces a couple grand, but he doesn't forget that I owe him $20 worth of vodka ever. Nah. It's like, where are the priorities financially there? My parents did that. They had a bunch of um, money or traveler's checks or stuff. I forget exactly what it was uh, in a suitcase in our house. And it went missing with all the money mm -hmm. in it. Yeah, it was that was a bad day at our house. I feel bad for the people that had their like entire life savings under a mattress and then their house goes up in flames or something like that. Yeah. You got to bury like, that stuff. You got to bury that in the yard if you're going to do that. Yeah. Or just bury it on a golf course in New Jersey right next to Donald Trump's ex-wife. Oh, my God. Dude, have you seen all that now? She apparently, I guess, wanted to be buried there. Okay. A, that, that, that's like, fine. And that's fine. I have a hard time believing that, but okay, maybe she did. He no longer has to pay taxes on that site now because it is considered a cemetery because it's a place of burial for somebody. Apparently, they've tried to do that before in a, in in New Jersey, which is, I mean, like or hate Donald Trump, that is just, you know, take the opportunity if you can. 
Like, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, I don't like Donald Trump at all, but like yeah. when I heard about that, I was like, you know, if, uh, as long as he's not like going against her dying wish to be buried somewhere else, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, again, honestly. I wonder about that, but here's the other thing. Like they didn't even weed it. The, the, it like, did honestly look like just a hole that they randomly dug and put like a little right? stone with like a stone that was carved into it. Just a stone. Like, like, dude, there's a lot of signs at golf courses. There could be a really nice like plaque or something on. You know what I mean? Like when you go to a, the hole. Yeah. Why? Why not something a little more elaborate? That honestly, just seems, it didn't. Seems underwhelming. It didn't look much worse like when I saw the picture of the grave site, I was like, oh, that's not much more luxurious than just being like dropped underneath a sand trap. Like it looked very kind of. I mean, it's Trump, so it's probably just like found someone who was like, hey, you know, She's I got to be in gotta, a pine box, right? Got a tent. I got a tenor here. You want to dig a hole for me? <laughs> just make sure the green stays clear, buddy. All right. Well, just make sure the green stays clear, buddy. All right. There it is. I have yeah. the greenest greens. I, I, I'm, I'm so blown away by that, dude. That is, I mean, I can't imagine that woman was like, bury me on the first hole at Bedminster. I can't, I don't see it. It's almost like enshrining yourself in a very public and up class type of, or like high class type of place. So, I mean, you want to be buried when you die. I want to, oh God, what was, what did I want to do? Um, Oh, uh, no, I want to. Okay. The, the way I want it, I mean, I don't want to be buried at all. Uh, if I can't, if I'd probably like to be cremated, but if I, if I really had my way, I'd like to be like taken on like a military transport plane, like a, like a C 130 or something, and just uh, strategically airdropped from like high altitude into a volcano somewhere. I think that would be pretty badass. That, that, yeah, that would definitely be, uh, Wow. I've got a long way before I can probably get that to be done, but yeah. Um, huh. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like if they can coordinate dropping a bomb from a plane somewhere for it to land on target, I'd be like, that'd be pretty cool to just drop me into a volcano from like 40,000 feet up. I would like to die like Mr. Spock in the wrath of Khan movie where he, after he dies, I want to be launched in a coffin in outer space. Ooh, that's another good idea. I could have been just put in the driver's seat of that Tesla Roadster that Elon dropped into space. You know what? Actually, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, how about a clear glass coffin launched into space? That'd be good. Oh, actually, since we were talking about conspiracy theories or things of that nature, or like true crime stuff, find a really popular conspiracy theory where somebody's just looking for a body somewhere to like make the link to something and then have my friends like secretly bury me there. So eventually the people are like, ah, we got to check this spot and they'll dig me up and they'll be like, oh my God, it's real. That's a good idea. Yeah. You never really think about what you're going to, well, I mean, I'm also an organ donor, so they'd probably have to harvest, harvest everything, but I don't know if I, if I get old and they can't do that, I don't know. There's so many options. There's it's like I'm not a an dead organ body. Donor. So much room for activities. Yeah. I, I'm not an organ donor. I don't want to be. I don't want to be desecrated after I'm dead. I don't know. I feel desecrated already, even though I'm alive. So, Plus, what if you're like right near death and they're like, oh, Robbie's spleen would be perfect for this other person. Just kind of let you die. I mean, I've got 
a donor's C5 vertebrae in my body. So, you know, I'm a beneficiary of both. Oh, donors. my God. Really? You're going to bring that up? Jesus yeah, so Christ. I, hard to argue yeah. against it now. Yeah, hard to argue when when I'm still beautiful and stumbling yeah, all over the place because of somebody yes, else. Sir, you are. Um, well, thank God yeah. that person wasn't an asshole. No, I'm not thanking God. I'm just thanking that person. That's hilarious. Yes. And the dude who put it in because he did a he did a bang up job. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Now that now there's so many cool ways. Like I, all, all I know is I don't want my ashes scattered somewhere. Unless I've it's like, never understood the idea of the scattering of the ashes. I mean, they just blow away. Yeah, unless it was somewhere like strategic, like like an intake for an air system at like a like a building or a company building. So everyone's just like, oh, why is it so dusty in here? Just like a minor inconvenience. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like it to have at least some element of humor or like badassness. Fair. Do you do you believe in an afterlife? Um. I I don't really know. Like I, I a lot of the time it's just something that I don't have any way to answer, so I don't think too much about it. I'm like I don't I'm not someone who fears death or anything. I always had um uh uh when I was a camp counselor uh, a few years ago, I had a buddy named Yemi who always had a tattoo who had a tattoo that just said embrace death. Um and he, he, when I asked him about it, he was like, "You know, everybody like a lot of people are afraid of death." Um but nobody really has a uh, concrete answer for what happens. It's it's just it's it's just the typical fear of the unknown. So I'd like to think there's something else. I don't think there's like any specific type of heaven. If there, if I were to believe in an afterlife, it would almost be like like my soul or my consciousness kind of ascending to a uh, a type of like another maybe realm. Fourth Another or like a realm or just like a, a dimension where okay. uh, like a soul or, or, or intellect or uh, or your actually like brain activity or what we call a soul isn't confined to a physical body. 73% of Americans believe in heaven. 62% believe in hell. Okay. 92% of Christians believe in heaven. 79% believe in hell. Atheists, 3%, 1%. So uh, progressively as people get older, uh, as you're older, you're more likely to believe in heaven and hell. Uh, but still, for most people, it's uh, about 50% of all these demographics plus believe in heaven and hell, which I think is absolutely crazy. Only one in six Americans does not believe in an afterlife of any sort. And here's where it gets kind of weird, dude. Two-thirds of U.S. adults believe that deceased people are reunited with their loved ones when they get to heaven. Do you believe in any of that kind of nonsense like that? When you die, you're going to see all your old relatives and friends. I mean, me in me saying that, like, I would, I would be more uh, inclined to believe in like an ascension to like a, a, a not physical form. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're like waiting for me at the gates of heaven. I mean, like my parents, don't even wait for me when I like get to their place. That's hilarious. But, 65% of people think that they'll be reunited with loved ones. Yeah. With the thing from heaven and hell, like I don't think there's an afterlife that's almost like categorized based on a, a kind of a simple perception of right and wrong. I think it, like the, like 
our existence on earth isn't bound by right and wrong it's 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 pretty much everything so i feel like if there is an afterlife then it would be similar in that sense i mean there's tons of space also like i don't know I don't know. I just, uh, I, th what makes sense to me, the thing that, the, the way I always think about this is um, uh, Keanu Reeves, I think, said it best on uh, The Late Show with, uh, or tonight, uh, Colbert. Um, when Colbert asked, because he was talking about John Wick, where, I mean, everybody dies, he was just like, what do you think uh, happens to us when we die, Keanu Reeves? And he just took a second. And since Keanu Reeves has dealt with a lot of tragedy, he's lost. Um, significant others numerous times um he just said he took a breath and he was like i know that the people that love us will miss us and i was like he doesn't he doesn't say what he thinks he just says what he knows and that's what's important and that's kind of that's kind of what i go off of because um if there is an afterlife i'd like to think that i've done a done enough during my lifetime that I could be proud of myself looking back from the afterlife. And if there isn't an afterlife, I'd like to think that I've done everything that I can to enjoy the life that I have. Um, so I don't think too much about the afterlife or like the, what form of afterlife there is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't believe in a heaven or, an, or a hell though. That, that seems too, that seems like too specific of a vision. And when you, you do sometimes hear like people that have come back from death, um, having a vision of some sort or seeing heaven or hell. I'm just like, I don't know what happens to the brain or if there is like a massive release of chemicals in the brain that could in your last moments create some sort of vision or high because like chemicals get released in the brain like crazy when you're on like acid and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, like I, I know people that have been like, I talked to God or I was in heaven. So it's like, if you die and your brain just releases a certain amount of chemicals, then it could be just based on that, like there's not enough science, there's not enough uh, stuff to go on for me to actually take a specific stance on it. Do you believe in reincarnation? A third of all Americans believe in reincarnation, especially young black women. I would believe in reincarnation before believing in like heaven or hell. Isn't there like that egg theory or something like before you become like a supreme being, you have like an existence through every single life form and every life form on earth is like a different iteration of yourself before you get to that like supreme being status. Like everything is you, you just don't remember it. That kind of theory as well. Yep. I'll give you some more crazy numbers here. 44% um, of all U.S. adults believe that their life is predetermined. God made a plan and they're just following the plan. 68% of Americans think everything in life happens for a reason. It's somehow all cosmically connected. 83% believe that things happen that can't be explained by science or natural causes. And that's the frightening thing for me. And that number is at least 80% in every single demographic except for atheists and agnostics. Well, that's what irritates me. Uh, because uh, the camp that I, I've worked at a camp uh, specifically for children with life-threatening illnesses. So I've I've not only had the experience of breaking my neck, being completely paralyzed, uh, you know, fighting back from like severe quadriplegia, 
Um, I've also known a lot of kids that I've had as campers that are no longer with us. And, you know, for people to like, I would like to say that their death had, if, if, if I were to say that a death happened for a reason, I'd like to say that the reason was for me to be a better person and that the result of a death like that was given meaning by the actions that followed it, not just based on some sort of like predetermined path because if a path is made and that includes like some of the nicest people I've ever known dying at the age of like 10 or 12, then that is a disgusting person to either worship or have faith in or to like, why would you worship someone like that? Even if they are a Supreme being, it's like, okay, no, I wouldn't, I would want to bring down that Supreme being. If anything, like if that was a person with that kind of power, people would already overpower, overrun them and kill them. 67% of Americans. That's more than two thirds believe that they can get a specific prayer request answered. 46% claim they've experienced asking for something specific in prayer and getting it. 67% believe it's possible. Uh, and 29% uh, say that, that they know basically know somebody who has. And again, if you look at this along religious lines, along racial lines, it's extremely consistent. Again, people think that they can pray and make things happen. I think that is insane. Can I say uh, that? And uh, we're kind of up against it as far as time is, but I want to just say that if I were to, in my mind, envision like a God figure at all existing, I would say that, and this is as just far reaching out for some sort of like realistic vision in my own mind, it would be like humans, the earth, the universe would almost make up the brain of that supreme being. You know what I'm saying? Like our brain has millions or billions of uh, connections that we can't even really map or understand yet. So if the only thing that makes sense, because there's so many imperfections in our existence, in our world, in how we handle things, I would say that if there were a supreme being, then we would be some sort of like, uh, cohesive unit making up a large amount of those connections that ultimately form the brain of a supreme being i guess Mm -hmm. um and just because there's so much wrong with how things are handled how things just kind of are in nature i mean nature is imperfect by design even though that's kind of what makes it perfect as far as like a human perception i just think when i think of a human brain it's so complex, so developed and so evolved, but still so wildly imperfect that the only explanation I could think of if there were a Supreme being is that we're kind of that imperfect uh, unit that makes up a brain of some sort for that. I don't know. That's how I look at it. It sounds it sounds crazy even like explaining it, but like I am 99.9% atheist and that like point one percent that's not would find that much more justifiable as opposed to like a figure in space or in the sky directing everything 
Last one I'm going to give you. A uh, few than half Americans say they have felt the presence of the deceased, but most say it's possible to do so. 72% of Americans believe you can have an experience with somebody who is dead. 44% have experienced it. Again, if you're Catholic or evangelical or Protestant, you're at a much higher rate to believe that. 51% of Americans believe you can get help from somebody who has died. 20% say they've experienced that. 47% believe it's possible to communicate with the dead. 14% say they have. And the number one group, Black Americans, believe that you can talk to people on the other side. I, I just think some of these numbers on death and an afterlife are a little disturbing. I'll be honest with you. Eight in 10 Christians have had some sort of near-death experience. A little disturbing, but I wouldn't say surprising. I would say because death, the afterlife, the answer to why we exist, like one of the biggest things is that people want to find meaning or answers, answers to that. And humans are extremely diverse. We've evolved in different ways. We've lived in different cultures. Um, everyone, but, but everyone seems to be interested in the answer to that. Um, even though the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy obviously gave us 42 as the answer to life and meaning and everything. Um, yes. but, uh, it's just, you know, every, like everyone's looking for something and nobody really has answers. Nobody has concrete evidence of what happens after it. Um, and that's kind of where the allure or, you know, people are either excited or terrified to find out what it could be because they don't have answers. So everybody having like a different feel about what could happen. It's, it's, it's like I said, you know, the brain is an extremely complicated thing and that's what processes and kind of creates our understanding and vision for everything. So, um, I, I'm not surprised by that. I will say it, the, 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 like, experiences with people in the afterlife are um that's kind of why i say like it would be interesting to have the possibility to kind of ascend almost to have your soul continue existing or your mental being continue existing to kind of transcend the physical form um because even deja vu like i mean deja vu could just be like a memory collapsing but like a lot of people have deja, deja vu and they're like i've i've experienced this exact moment before so I, I'm always like, maybe that is some sort of indication that there is like a, a, a form of existence where time isn't like we don't view time as a linear thing. Um, and that's something I've always I've never like had full faith in that or fully like preached that that was what goes on. But it's always been something that's like left open as a possibility in my mind to be fascinated by when I finally do find the answer um, or when I don't find the answer and I just end up being dropped into a volcano and nothing happens after that. But I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, you could go, you could go absolutely crazy trying to think about answers to everything we don't know, especially beyond the scope of just earth. Um, and that's why uh, I try not to think too much about it because you will go absolutely nuts if you want to devote your entire life to that. For what it's worth, Jesus in the Bible gave very few details about what heaven was. Most of what we've taken is from the Acts of the Apostles, which, again, who told them any of this stuff? Jesus mm -hmm. was already dead. Um, 
supposedly, according to the Bible, what heaven is, is your opportunity to endlessly worship at the feet of God for the rest of time. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about your dog or your grandmother or your old girlfriend. And you guys are at the age of your prime. People have made that up. Mm -hmm. People have largely made up a lot of this. And again, I think it's just the irrational fear of death. I think people are afraid of death. People don't know how to handle death. When people go up to you at a funeral, Robbie, and they're like, well, your, your dad's in a better place. Who, what does that even mean? And that's that's kind of the comfort in finding answers that you can't find for yourself. Like if if you've got a fear or you're just getting consumed by like not knowing what happens next and then somebody, a religious figure or uh, like a pastor would come up to you and be like, we've got the answers. Like you just have to have faith in, 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 in this system. Then, you know, people could take comfort in that. People a lot of time will just take comfort in the thought of them having found a solution to a problem, even if it's not the solution. And that's why I make a lot of money off suckers. Hey, well, you know, one born every minute. Again, it's it shocks me that so many people believe, like half the country believes that no matter what they do, their life has been predetermined since birth. I, I yeah, think that's I, I nuts that. that people think that. That is crazy. And that's religion's yeah. fault, straight up. Honestly, that's religion's fault. If that is like what people believe, then whoever wrote my life has some serious fucking writer's block because not much going on. Yeah. Well, it could be a lot more exciting, buddy. You just need a better team. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right now, the, the writer of my book seems like somebody whose best work came out when they were drunk and now he's trying to stay sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord that's funny but uh i mean we could talk for days about this and i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more uh come the next few episodes but i think it's a good time to wrap it up right there you agree oh sure thing i feel like i got it all out fantastic well you know before we go i just like to remind people that we have a uh, social media if you want to Follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, it's all at Following Flames. We'd love to have you a part of the community. Uh, you could also give us uh, some topics or if you have questions about anything we we talked about or even information, like if we said something that you don't agree with. We'd love love to have the engagement, the uh, the interest in what we're talking about. And uh, honestly, we just, we just love having uh, people give us more things to better understand, uh, uh, ask more questions about it's, it all helps where, where, uh, as Joe has said, we're very interested in the, the factual side of things. And if, if we get anything wrong, we, we were, we're molded by information. So if you want to give us some more information, we'd be absolutely grateful. Um, but we'll wrap it up there. This has been following flames. I'm Robbie McCluskey joined as always by Joe Aguirre and we love you and hope you guys have a great week. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. 
Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com.